Hey everyone, welcome back to Fringe and Flourish. I'm your host, Laura Magruder, and today we're doing a Q&A episode. So I posted on both my personal Instagram as well as the podcast Instagram, asking for anyone to ask me any questions that they had regarding entrepreneurship, business, or how I got started, you know, doing what I do. So let's start with question number one. Question number one, what are some of the most valuable lessons you have learned? I would say one of the most valuable lessons I've learned is set boundaries, be clear on your vision, and trust yourself and trust your vision, and really like focus on having confidence and knowing what you want and not letting your self-worth be in question is probably one of the most valuable lessons I've learned. Question two, what's something that I acknowledge myself for? Hmm. I would have to say I acknowledge myself for being consistent. I try to be very consistent both in how I present myself behind the chair, what I offer to my clients, and then always focusing on the little things. Um, I think those are kind of what set me apart from the the next hairstylist or the next business owner. Question number three, how do I keep myself on track with your business goals? So I used to use a physical planner called a passion planner, but this year I trashed my 2020 planner uh, when quarantine hit. And I, because I really didn't want to think about anything else I had going on for the rest of the year or lack thereof. So I switched to a digital planner. So the cool thing about the passion planner is that It actually allows you to mind map and do roadmaps and set your goals, you know, three years, one year, six months, three months, and then you can kind of roadmap out from there and break it down into smaller goals. There's also a lot of like uh, plain paper in the back of the passion planner. So I do everything digitally now on my iPad. And so that's how I track my business goals. Um, Specifically for the salon, I actually work with someone and we use a project management system called Trello. And so we have tangible goals within Trello that we uh, try to focus on and deadlines in uh, in the system. Okay, next question. I already forgot what number we're on. So more people are starting businesses lately. Has it become trendy or saturated? So this is definitely an interesting question when it comes to the hair industry. I've noticed that there's been this shift to smaller loft and uh, single own single person owned salons sort of like what I'm in whether it's salon lofts sola salons JC and I think especially now and in my generation people want the flexibility and the freedom and you know not have to work for anyone which I think is great um, but I also see a lot of these businesses you know fail within the first three years because Either they don't have the systems in place, they don't have legalities in place, they don't have, they're not rigorous with themselves or their their schedule or their time. So I definitely don't think it's trendy. Um, I think it can be saturated, especially in the in the real estate market. You've got a ton of people becoming realtors, very low inventory. Specifically, I see this in in the Raleigh Durham area where we live. 
Um, but at the end of the day, if you are unique in what you offer, whether it's, you know, you like I said, you focus on the small things, my suggestion would just get really clear on what your niche is and what you have to offer and what sets you apart from the next person. I work in a building with um, like 30 other hairstylists, three barbers, a nail tech, and some estheticians. And I know that what I have to offer is different than everyone else around me. So instead of seeing it as competition or, you know, whether the it's saturated, just know that this is actually your community and you can learn from other people. So how can one strike out on their own when saddled with student loan debt or other debt? So this is something I have not uh, had to experience myself in terms of student loan debt. I am very fortunate that because I chose not to go a traditional route with my education, I was able to take whatever college savings my parents had for me and transfer them and just use them for um, for cosmetology school. So thankfully, I came out on the other end of things with no student loan debt. I acknowledge that is a major, major privilege. I'm very grateful for it. My parents have helped me along the way. Uh, when I op- first opened my salon, I will never deny my parents' help and and when they do financially support me. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. However, I I do have experience with, you know, having business debt, having uh, I just bought a new car, um, and have have car debt now, and then small personal debt. So I definitely think it's challenging to. You kind of fluctuate between you know where do I spend here and where do I spend there, and and there are some instances where you have to spend money to make money. And I think in business, that's a very challenging thing is like, okay, well, do I invest in what would be my return on investment? So I think it's really clear before you take the leap of going on your own is to create a budget. Um, There's lots of great apps. Dave Ramsey has an app called Every Dollar. Um, There's a a couple other one. um, You Need a Budget, I believe is one. So I would sit down get really clear on what your budget and be realistic about how much you're spending in debt. Uh, my suggestion would be, you know, look at maybe debt consolidation if you have really high interest rates. Um, Dave Ramsey talks a lot about s- figuring out how much money you can set aside. There's actually a, a debt snowball worksheet that they walk you through uh, where you pay off like the highest interest um, ones first. So I would recommend getting really clear on that and and paying off as much debt as possible because when you are in business for yourself, uh, the income isn't always going to be 100% steady. I know for my first year, year and a half, um, I would have fluctuations in my schedule. So maybe one week I'd have 10 clients, one week I'd have 20. And so without having a clear budget and without knowing what you need to make, it's going to be really difficult to not rack up debt. So that would be my my suggestion is pay off as much debt as possible, get really clear on your budget, and then really weigh the return on investment for things that you need to invest in. It may be hard to get a business loan or a business line of credit if you do have a lot of other debt. Um, for me, I know I had very minimal debt when I opened a business line of credit and um, I've, I've kept that in good standing. Although, you know, there's always going to be, especially when you're buying, you know, 
twelve, fifteen hundred dollars worth of inventory at once, you're always going to be in this kind of like fluctuation of having debt, not having debt, so on and so forth. I do tend to stay away from like a business loan or a personal loan, um, just because I don't want to put myself in a position where I can't get out of it. Um, especially right now, uh, you know, with the shutdowns and everything in 2020, I spent three months being unemployed. No one could have predicted that. And so, you know, thankfully we had some savings, um, but I would have hated to, you know, taken out a, a big business loan and then not have any income for for 12 weeks. So definitely something to think about. Definitely uh, want to get really clear about what you can and can't afford. And there are other ways to find capital and find investors if that's something that you're interested in doing. Question, I don't know what number. What is a tip you would give someone who is just starting off? For this, I would go back to my very first episode, which would be creating a vision and why it's important. So I think getting really clear on your vision and getting really clear on what you want, there's going to be a lot of circumstances that pop up along your journey as an entrepreneur or as a business owner. You know, it's not enough time, not enough money, or this happened or that happened. There's always going to be something. But if you can always go back to your vision and say, hey, look, this is what I have the bigger picture for my life. You know, I really want that 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 house and, and nothing's going to stop me from getting there. So that would be my suggestion is get very clear on your vision and let that drive you. Lean into it instead of constantly being in a state of fear and anxiety and not enough, letting your vision drive you and leaning into it even when it seems really scary. Another question is, how old were you when you realized the quote, typical work life wasn't for you? I grew up in a family where my mom is a physician and my stepdad worked a traditional nine to five and my father was an engineer. So I grew up around these like very structured uh, careers. Um, when I was in high school, my mom actually worked in the ER. So she was kind of on a first, second, third shift schedule. So seven to seven or I don't remember the exact hours. But so I, there were some days I didn't really see her because she would be, you know, getting home as we're, or leaving as we're eating dinner and getting home as soon as I was leaving for school in the mornings. But I would say it was around 15, 16. Um, I was very accelerated in school. I had a 4.0 GPA, was, a, you know, starting applying to colleges, taking the SAT. And I was like, oh man, I don't, ugh, I don't want to do this. And I didn't, I mean, I loved learning. Um, I liked the busy work, the busyness of school, but I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer or any other thing. Although I will say I probably would have been a good lawyer because um, I really like to be right and I like to argue, <laughs> which hello, Leo trade. Yeah, so I would say it was 15 or 16, all the local you know, high schoolers would come over and I'd be like, you know, bleaching their mohawks and dyeing them lime green. And uh, I had gotten really close with my hairstylist at the time. Her name is Dee. And she was kind of just starting out and I was definitely pushing her out of her comfort zone, which was really cool. And I, I don't know, I was like, wow, I, I, this is really cool. You get to be creative. And so I would say probably 16 
And um, yeah, but I obviously didn't do it. I went to the University of Georgia because that's just what I thought I should do. That's what my parents had done. All right, next question. Have I ever worked with a coach? Yes, my first episode, I talked about uh, creating a vision and I interviewed my friend Tracy Bierman. So Tracy is a life coach. She specifically works with moms and helping them be their best self for their family. Now, I'm not a mom, and I knew that I that she could offer me a lot and vice versa. So I worked with her during a 12-week coaching program. I've also done some personal de- development trainings. Um, I did them through gratitude training, and I did a leadership program that was 12 weeks where I worked with a coach um, every day, and... Um, I had a buddy every day and lots of coaching calls. So that for me was probably the most profound experience of my life where I really had people holding me accountable every single day for 12 weeks. Um, my friend Kate, who you can find her on Instagram, Kate Coaches, she's also a coach, but she's also a very close friend of mine. And I feel very fortunate that we are so close because when I do need coaching, First of all, I always ask permission, say, hey, can you coach me through this? And she's able to kind of call me out of my shit, hold me accountable. And so I'm very fortunate for that friendship and when she can offer that sort of coaching to me. I highly recommend, whether professionally or personally, hiring a coach and going through the experience. I know that hiring a, a business or a life coach is not cheap, However, that is one of those investments that is 100% worth it. I don't care if you are thriving. It really, really does make a difference to really take you to that next level because there is always a next level regardless of whether you're aware of it. Question number, don't know. (laughs) I'm really not great at counting on this thing. What made you want to split away from the mold? As I said previously, I was in high school and I was, you know, having fun dyeing my friend's hair and and playing with that. And I kind of started listening to more alternative email music with people like Blink Ray 2. All the guys had, you know, a bunch of tattoos and piercings. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I remember I got bullied so much in high school, so much. And I always thought to myself, I don't want to be like this. I grew up in a very conservative small town in Georgia in high school. And I got picked on because I didn't want to go mudding on the weekends. And I didn't listen to country music. And for me, I wanted more out of my life than just following in my parents' footsteps. And I didn't want to get out of high school, go to a four-year college where my parents went, and get married to my high school or college sweetheart, buy a house, have a kid, because that's what so many people that I grew up around did. And I really wanted to be able to kind of forge my own way. I also started kind of having this resistance to uh, being told what I should or shouldn't do. I went to a military school out of you know, just the fact that it was the best high school around. Um, I didn't do anything bad, didn't hurt anyone, no no bad behavior. 
And I really liked the structure of it. The, uh, the uniforms, the structure, the expectations. But I also started to kind of resist like from societal pressure of what I should do. So I kind of caught myself in this conundrum of like, well, this is what I really want to do, but this is what society is telling me that I should do. And so I think this divide kind of started and that's when I was like, well, wait a second, I can get tattoos and piercings and express myself in a different way. Dye my hair crazy colors, whatever it was. Um, and that's when I was like, you know what? I can, I can be anything I want to be in the world. I don't have to do what everyone else is doing. And I've always kind of been a leader, not a follower, um, and I think that my experience in high school kind of pushed me to reach outside of myself and, and see what else was out there for me. So what kind of systems do I have in place? I talked about this on my episode with Jackie Minus, who is a bookkeeper, and we talked about systems within my salon, such as inventory management, payroll, um, having a budget, so on and so forth. So those are some of my systems uh, within the salon that I have, and you can you can go back to that episode and listen to my to that. Um, however, personally, one thing that I really enjoy having is like routines in my day to day life. Um, there is a book by Hal Elrod called uh, Miracle Morning. Miracle Morning, yeah, and. He talks about different ways to kind of be rigorous in your day-to-day routine. And for me, I have a lot of anxiety. And so I actually feel better when I have a routine. You know, it's waking up, you know, putting my contacts in, brushing my teeth, taking my any medication, making the bed, making coffee, feeding myself, maybe reading or journaling, exercising if that's on my agenda for the day. And then I have a nighttime routine as well. Um, those are, are systems in my personal life that I really enjoy having and that really support me. Um, I would say for the podcast, we definitely have some systems. I have a way in which I um, contact people who are interested. We do a connection call. Um, I've got emails that I send out as kind of like a, a whole a whole system of how we set someone up to be on the podcast. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, the salon has a lot of systems in terms of how people book appointments, how they request appointments. We require consultations. I've got an inventory system. I've got a online booking system. Um, so that definitely has um, has made things a lot easier. And I truly believe that when you have systems in place, Everything in your life can kind of uh, run as a, a well-oiled machine, in lack of better terms. Uh, but I think it is really important to have those sort of systems because when there's a breakdown, you can say, okay, there's a breakdown in this system, and now everything else is a little wonky. How can I you know, either fix that system or improve it so that everything else can run smoothly? Ooh, here's a good one. What was my original career goal? So that in in high school, you know, I was starting, like I said, I was starting to kind of feel this pull towards something different. I actually went to the University of Georgia, majoring in marketing, 
with a minor in music business. So I wanted to be like a tour manager or a music manager for a label. Uh, So, you know, and now that I am marrying a musician, (laughs) I'm really grateful I didn't go into that because uh, you don't need a degree for it. And and I just don't, I don't think it would have been a good fit for me. But that's what I wanted to do originally. And then I just hated the traditional setting of a university. And I was like, screw this. I don't, I don't need a degree for this if I really want to do it. And then when I went back to college uh, at NC State, I was going for um, biomedical engineering. So I really liked the idea of, um, I, with a minor in tissue engineering, I wanted to create um, heart valves that were not made out of pig hearts um, because that or pig valves because that is still very commonly uh, used in heart valve replacement and so I wanted to go into tissue engineering prosthesis um, and kind of like replacement parts uh, because I felt like it would still give me a, a higher purpose of helping others and giving back to uh the community and giving back to the the world through a medical engineering side. And I really enjoyed labs and I really enjoyed learning that. However, the structure in which I was in, I was uh, working full time, had a puppy, had a long distance boyfriend and trying to juggle an extensive workload at school um, just didn't really work with where I, where I was at with my mental health. Next question what was the hardest part? I would say the hardest part for me was taking that first step, which ties into another question. Someone asked, what what was the first step for you? I had talked about for at least a year leaving my salon and going out on my own. And where I was previously, um, and I'm not here to bash anyone, but I'm going to be very honest My previous salon, while they empowered me, also made me feel like I had to rely on them to be successful. That without their family, without them, I would not survive on my own two feet. It was a very toxic, manipulative environment. And I started to truly believe that I would be nothing on my own that I wasn't worth it, that I wasn't uh, I wasn't good enough, I wasn't talented enough, I wasn't smart enough. And leaving that relationship was the hardest part for me. And when I left, it was really nasty. I left in the middle of a Saturday, which is the busiest day behind the chair, and I walked out. I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I packed my stuff and I left. And the next few weeks were really challenging. I felt like I was going through a really nasty breakup. Everyone that I considered my friends from my previous salon quit speaking to me. No one supported my decision to go out on my own. And I was basically shunned. They weren't allowed to talk to me. I had a housewarming party. No one came. 
Instead, they hosted a pool party and posted pictures online. And so that was really hard for me because I was very, I felt very alone. Um, I didn't really know anyone who was doing what I was doing at that time. And I really had to trust myself and take a huge leap of faith. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea what the next six months were going to look like. And I'm very grateful that I had my fiance, Tom. We had actually just started dating. I had my parents to support me. And um, I had a really good friend group that even if they didn't know exactly exactly what I was going through, they were there to um, literally hold me when I cried and support me every step of the way uh, by just building me up and and encouraging me. So that was kind of my first step was just to dive in. I mean, I, I literally had no plans. I had no money. I had no savings. I had nothing. I did not expect to leave when I did. Um, so yeah, I don't recommend doing it that way, but sometimes you just have to say fuck it and, and do it um, because you're worth it and because there, the grass is greener on the other side. Someone asked, how do you consistently figure out what content to post and engage in on social media? I'm going to straight up be honest with you. I don't. I hire someone. I, <laughs> I'm not the most skilled writer. I feel that I'm pretty good at talking, but sometimes writing, I have a hard time truly writing what I'm feeling and and vocalizing that through words. And I'm just not good at it. And I, I it causes me a lot of um, stress and anxiety. And I've taken courses on social media and writing captions and so on and so forth. And I just don't enjoy it. And so this is where I outsource. And I, I speak to my assistant that helps me with social media. And we kind of, we make a plan every week. We talk using Trello, which is our project management system. And we just say, hey, you know, what can we focus on this week? And and what needs, what do we need to shed some light on this week? And what can we talk about that you think people would be interested in? I really like to talk about education on my salon page, shedding light on the kind of behind the scenes of the hair industry and sharing information about products and how things work behind behind the chair. And then, you know, social media is hard, especially since the world's kind of been on lockdown. A lot more people have been on social media. And so it's very competitive. And I feel like a lot of people are fighting for attention on social media. And so especially a lot of small businesses have been very hurt by social media in terms of um, they're not getting featured as much. And I always tell people, you know, if you really want to support a small business, like, share, and and save the post, um, and engage, leave comments, talk to people. Uh, that's how that's how small businesses get seen on social media is when people are engaging with them. So that is, I, I wish I had a better answer for you because this has been one of my biggest struggles as a business owner. I have a lot of resistance to social media. Um, just because of how harmful it can be. But at the same time, I know that it's necessary 
to have social media uh, for the salon. A lot of people look to that as um, a portfolio or an, an advertisement. And so I've really had to outsource and help, and have someone help me because if it were up to me, I mean, I wouldn't have social media at all. <laughs> so, I mean, and I didn't have personal social media for like a year and a half. So that's been a, a, a pretty big um, challenge for me. So what was an accomplishment that I may have felt like a failure first? Hmm. My whole life? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I would say as a whole, I got, when, I, when we started setting boundaries um, in the salon where I got really clear on my schedule, um, when I raised my prices, at first I was like, oh God, why did we do this? Why did I do do it. Um, I shouldn't have done that. And I was like, oh God, no one's going to come back to me. I'm going to lose clients. And actually the opposite happened where I was busier and making more money. And it really, you know, it really turned out. But I think the idea of, um, quote, failure, I mean, there really isn't such thing as failure. It's really how we perceive things. Um, and I always like to say, it just is, right? Like things just are, and they're not good or bad because we assign those those connotations. They just are, and everything is a learning opportunity. So for me, I'm not sure if I would, would totally call that uh, a failure, but it was definitely very stressful, and I had some self-worth issues come up. Um, at the end of the day, it was totally worth it and definitely furthered my business. One of the last questions we'll do today. What is something you would choose to do differently and why? I would say from day one, I wish I had created a business plan and gotten really clear on all my systems beforehand. I kind of blundered my way through the first year and a half and I, I wish I had done more research and gotten really clear about what I wanted, maybe crowdsourced or, or, or gotten a loan or something from day one um, so that I wasn't just spending out of my pocket. But also, I wish I had talked to a financial planner or a bookkeeper and really gotten clear on what I needed to do as a business owner to set myself up for success. Once again, please go listen to the episode with Jackie Jackie Minus from Minus Bookkeeping. She has a lot to offer on this subject. Um, and if I were to leave, you know, this podcast with anything, I would say trust yourself, get clear on your vision, and lean into it. I mean, really, what do you have to lose? It's all just an experience. If it doesn't work out, you move on. So I'm really excited that we just did our first Q&A episode. I would love to do this more. I'd love to hear from you guys uh, more in depth. If you guys have any questions or if there's anything more specific you would like me to address, um, that's really what this podcast is here for, to help you, the listener, um, feel empowered and encouraged to be able to step out on your own and to really help you on your journey of entrepreneurship or non-traditional you know, career field, whatever that may be. 
So hit me up on Instagram. The podcast Instagram is Fringe and Flourish Podcast. You can also go to the website, fringeandflourishpodcast.com. You can shoot me an email. Um, and just pay attention to the stories because I'll post, uh, you know, ask me anything. And we'll definitely have to do a Q&A episode in the future. But I just want to say thank you to everyone who hopped on Instagram and asked me questions. Make sure you follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And we will see you next week. 